And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, Scott Burnside back for another edition of Two Man Advantage, the podcast. The dust has settled, for the most part. Draft, free agency, we are cooking towards the strangest fall offseason, maybe of all time. But here to make it all right, to set things right, not just in the hockey world, but but frankly in my world too, Pierre Lebrun. How are you doing, my friend? I'm all right. I think my brain is still foggy, but uh, normally in the in a normal off season, you would not be hearing me from from me right now. <laughs> I'd be face down at my cottage in July with my phone turned off for eight weeks. But uh, there's no point doing that right now. <laughs> it's the fall and uh, my cottage is closed. So uh, we forge on in this bizarre 2020 year. Well, it's weird because I, I like I know, you know, I mean, part of our routine over the years, uh, you know, given our different work, connections whether it was at ESPN certainly here at the athletic that I know like you literally drive like a crazy man from TSN in your suit I I, th- I don't even think you take your makeup off I don't do you at the end you no. just drive and I've never seen the pictures but I like to think that you at least take your suit off before getting in the lake at your cottage but <laughs> I wonder what as you were approaching the end of and October 9th was, of course, the first day of free agency this fall, This to start this offseason. Did it feel like, how different did it feel to you knowing that, you know, what lies ahead is so, we don't know, right? We don't know when training camp's going to start. We don't know what all of these free agent signings, all the moving movement that happened on the 9th and then over the next three or four days, we don't know exactly when mm-hmm. we're going to start to see the the results of that. It did not feel like a normal July 1st because, and I, you know, predicted this would probably be the case. We didn't have closure on the big dogs. So the show ends after seven hours of live television and, you know, you know that Petrangelo and Hall are going to take a few days. So it wasn't the normal, you know, all the big guys have signed, uh, you know, let's start the off season. It really wasn't that feeling at all. And, And for obvious reasons, but, you know, one of the thing things that I think the NHL and HLPA are going to have to circle back on is eliminating the UFA speaking period, which I think was pretty counterproductive this year. Um, You know, Alex Petrangelo being a prime example of needing to wait till free agency started to get on a plane to visit Vegas to make sure that he was comfortable with everything he saw. You know, he toured the practice facility in Summerlin, saw where the players lived, they went to schools, he needed to know that before he was ready to, to give Newport Sports his agency the green light to start negotiating. That would have been a lot more productive had he could have done that the week before October 9th, which is the way the system used to be for many years. And, 
you know, I know that, you know, my understanding is that it's the NHLPA that wanted to get rid of it because I think they felt that it was an advantage to teams to have the UFA speaking period in terms of, you know, lining up the way things should go on their side. But I'm not sure that that's played out that way. I, I sensed a lot of frustration from player agents not having the UFA speaking period. Um, so I, I do wonder and frankly hope that they revisit it because, and, and I know this will sound self-serving because I work at TSN and we have the big show, Free Agent Frenzy. But the other problem for the league is that they really don't get their splash on the opening of free agency that by going back to the old the old ways here, um, you know, you want your most notable free agents to make a splash and sign with their teams that day when everyone's paying attention to the start of free agency. Um, you know, it was obviously still a huge story when Taylor Hall signed over the weekend and Alex Petrangelo, but you know, you're not, it's not the big show. It just happens when it happens. And, and I think the NHL loses when it happens that way. So I think there's a lot, a lot to consider here when you think about that. Yeah, well, and and let's be honest. I mean, as we move forward, and we talk a little bit about the unknown, we we pencil in now January first for the start of twenty twenty one. Maybe it happens that way. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe they play eighty two games. Maybe they play sixty or sixty eight or whatever the number is. I would think that next off season, whenever that happens, it, to your point, you, you want to you, you want to create as much buzz around your sport as possible. And if one of the ways to do it is to allow uh, the conversation between agents and players and teams to, to take place before the start of free agency, then why wouldn't why wouldn't you do it? Because you're mm-hmm. right. It, it, it doesn't help anyone if this sort of leaks for a week or a week and a half. Now, we you know, we, we, there are still some top end UFAs on the market. We'll circle back and talk about them before we're done here today. But I, I'm with you. And like, what, who doesn't want it to be a big sort of moment? Who? Like, who wants to wait, especially if it goes back to a more traditional off-season where you're in the summer where it is sort of vacation time for people. If we ever get back to a time when you can take vacation, Mm -hmm. it would be important, I think, to have that sort of moment, that splash where they say, hey, this is the NHL's big day, and it leads you into the off season and you can start thinking about the, the, the next season to come. So, Well, and, and who's to say that it wouldn't have changed actually the way that things turned out for Taylor Hall. I mean, you know, there's Hall end up in Buffalo. If certain trades aren't made in the week leading up to free agency by other teams who may or may not have had an interest in Hall, but weren't quite sure if they can get in on it. You know what I mean? Like the UFA speaking period, that's the other impact that it had. Now, Let's not kid ourselves. I know that there's some back channeling going on. <laughs> We're not yep. naive, but, yep. but but even at the end of the day, even with all that, at the end of the day, you still have to wait till you know that moment when free agency opens to actually talk hard numbers. And and you know, uh, my understanding of the Petrangelo situation is there was back and forth on that contract negotiation once once like once they actually sat down. I think on the on the Sunday, two days after free agency started and he was visiting Vegas. It wasn't a slam dunk. They had to go back and forth, right? And so, again, I I just think, I think it hurt the product the way that they reverted back to the non-UFA speaking period. I I think it really backfired on, on the league and the NHLPA. 
All right, let's talk, let's talk about those two players, uh, Alex Petrangelo and Taylor Hall. I think uh, arguably the top two players to hit the free agency market. One, the captain of the 2019 Stanley Cup champion Blues and a lifelong Blue, and of course Taylor Hall, former Hart Trophy winner. Uh, let's start with Taylor Hall. I I, I just <laughs> it's just like looking at that when the new, when you broke the did you I'm going to give you credit you broke the Taylor Hall news. Am, I no, right? I did not. No? I, oh. I think it was Elliot Friedman hinted at it, and then uh, Darren Dreger hammered the deal. I believe, okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, although, although, although what I I guess what you're giving me credit for is that I quoted Taylor Hall saying he was signing in Buffalo, yes. which got a lot of right. attention. That, so yeah, that was my uh, that was my uh, part in that in that breaking news. Yeah. So uh, did you when you texted him back? You say okay. Uh, seriously though, where are you signing? Or did you, when he said that he was signing Buffalo? Because I have to tell you, of all the teams that, you know, we sort of think about where would the fit be and what would it look like? I mean, you and I talked a lot about, mm-hmm. you know, what was going on in Nashville. David Poyle clearing a lot of cap space uh, with the Predators. And, of course, John Hines, the head coach there, coaching Taylor Hall in his Hart, uh, Hart Trophy season in New Jersey. Buffalo probably was not on a lot of people's list, but in the in the days since, I just I love that he's there, and I'm so fascinated to see what's going to happen with a team that has well, they have the longest playoff drought, current playoff drought in the NHL right now, and a team that has you know they've suffered through a ton of of negative stories and all kinds of it's not been a happy place in Buffalo and and here is Taylor Hall there on a one-year deal eight million dollars I'm fascinated to see how it uh, unpacks there yeah uh, I would have never picked Buffalo and certainly the fact that it ends up being Buffalo you have to sit back and say does it even happen without Jack Eichel uh, a month or so ago, perhaps communicating his unhappiness with the Sabres. Not that anyone's confirmed that, but I think we can read between the lines <laughs> of yeah. what we know. Um, and I think this has all the signs of Sabres ownership. Uh, the Pagula is saying to Jack Eichel, we mean business. Um, but it is, you know, a one-year deal. I, I, you know, we'll see where this heads. But I think for Taylor Hall... Uh, if we look at it from his lens, hey, pretty good business decision. I don't know about the hockey part of it, and we'll see how good the Sabres are. But from a business perspective, go to Buffalo, play on Eichel's line, pad your stats big time. Uh, hopefully help bring the Sabres over the hump. I mean, Taylor Hall is an incredible competitor. But again, let's just be blunt. From a business perspective, pile up the stats and then head back into the market perhaps with a little more polish on your brand, because I think that Taylor Hall's year between New Jersey and Arizona uh, hurt him. It hurt him in terms of the kind of offers he ended up getting, which again, a lot of it's pandemic related and, and the flat cap and all that. But but I think that if he goes back to his MVP year type numbers playing with Jack Eichel, and you got to think that duo is <laughs> going to be as, as good as they come. Um, he repositions himself nicely for, for next year. But, you know, I, I, I think that was a real eye-opener that he just didn't get the kind of offers um, that they would have thought they would have had months ago before the pandemic, no question. Yeah, well, and it's, I, again, I, I like to think, 
we're going to have hockey, right? I mean, I, I remain optimistic. So I hope let's so. Call it, yeah, let's call it January. And when when this team, the thing that's easy to get lost with Buffalo, I think, is that because they've done so, you know, there it's been a, a tire fire, right, for a long time there. There's been lots of crazy stuff that's happened and turnover and the change of management and, you know, basically rebuilding the hockey ops department from the ground up and, you know, Kevin Adams sliding in as a rookie GM. Um, and, you know, Eric Stahl sort of ending up there, you know, was taken a bit unawares by his move to Buffalo. But people, for it's easy to forget, that team was within a point or two of the Montreal Canadiens at the pause. In fact, I think they were going to play the halves. Like, so if they play one more game and the playoff setup unfolds as it did, maybe they're the team that goes in. Maybe they're the team that gets the experience playing against Pittsburgh. And, of course, we know Montreal won that series and and really pushed Philadelphia in the first round. And, and, and I want to talk about Montreal with you, but... That what has happened in the off season in Montreal has been dramatic, and I think woefully unexpected given where they were when the season paused. But they took advantage of that return to play. Sabers are really close, and I just I, maybe this becomes one of those, you know, serendipitous things. Eric Stahl there and Taylor Hall there and the motivation. And now I think with, um, uh, you know, some, you know, maybe this is maybe this is when they get it together. I don't know. Do you think that I'm being too fanciful about it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it right now, but I do. You know, I'm a huge Ralph Kruger guy, though. So yeah, I would. Uh, yes, exactly. That's the number one reason I would always think that the Sabres have a chance to turn around is because I think he's an unbelievable coach and motivator and tactician. So maybe he makes and and again there's there was that connection between him and Taylor Hall from their Edmonton days too. But going back to Taylor Hall, I'm wondering too if deep down he's he also looked at uh, with his agent Darren Ferris looked at some payroll situations around the league and wondered why the one year deal might be a good way to go. If you know what I mean, like I, I look at Edmonton for example, I, I think the Oilers at some level, would like to bring Taylor Hall back if at all possible. But they certainly could not do it th- this past week. But a year from now, here are some of the contracts that are up. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, which, of course, if you're the Oilers, you're actually trying to sign him to an extension, as I know they are talking to his camp. But let's say they can't. He's making $6 million. Alex Chason's up. He's at $2.15 million. Adam Larson's up $4.1 million. Chris Russell's up $4 million. Um, and of course, Tyson Berry only signed for a year. He's at three seven five. So there is money opening up in Edmonton a year from now. Now you have to spend it wisely, of course. And like I said, I think they want to extend Nugent Hopkins if they can. But you know, it wouldn't surprise me, depending on how things go in Buffalo, that you start hearing those Hall to Edmonton rumors potentially. But we'll see. Well, and the other thing before we move on is that he does have a no move, no trade. But I can only assume that if that, and maybe this, maybe the Sabers aren't quite ready for prime time. That come trade deadline, if you're Taylor Hall, you're probably going to be pretty open to going to somewhere and playing some playoff games again mm-hmm. this spring. Again, as we imagine, leading into the free agent market of of, the, of 21. So, you know, maybe you'll be traded to Arizona. <laughs> All right, that's not going to happen. So, all right. So, I want to I want to talk about Alex Petrangelo though, because 
it's just such you know he's such an interesting guy and I know you know you chatted with him a lot during you know return to play and getting ready to go he's such I think Darren Pang was on with us and we were talking about Alex Petrangelo fairly early in the going and and I think um Panger suggested like there's a guy who could have a statue out in front of Enterprise Car Arena or whatever it's called in St. Louis with Brett Hull and and you know the 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 greats of that franchise and now he's in Vegas but I got to tell you there's sort of a weirdness about it now right I mean Mark Andre Fleury is still there they got 12 million dollars locked up in goaltending um they had to trade Nate Schmidt, uh, who is already MVP of the Vancouver Canucks, at least from the media perspective, after his incredible Zoom call. Such a buoyant, just such a great person to spend time with. Uh, and I'm wondering where what you make of this Vegas team now. And, uh, okay, you got the guy you wanted on the back end, captain, Stanley Cup winner. I thought that was critically important that they change, that they, they bring in someone with a presence like Alex mm-hmm. Petrangelo. But I don't know. I, 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 in some ways, it's like you paid Peter to rob Paul. Is that the saying? Robbing Peter to pay Paul? Well, before we get to Vegas, and, and Vegas is really the, one of the big stories of the league for all kinds of reasons, but let's let's wrap a bow on, on Petrangelo's exit from St. Louis. And I, you know, I think I feel comfortable sharing this because Scotty Upshaw tweeted about it last night. But right. um, he mentioned me in his tweet, so I guess... You know, it's out there now, but, you know, I'm the one who informed Alex Petrangelo that the Blues had signed Tory Krug and uh, his reaction was quite genuine. He was in shock. Yeah. Yep. And because he really did want to keep the Blues as a, as a real serious option, even while investigating Vegas. Now, I guess you could sit back and say, well, is that reasonable to think that the Blues would just sit there and wait all this time. I, I get it. But I'm just telling you that for anyone to think that Alex Petrangelo had already closed the door as soon as he rejected St. Louis's last offer on the eve of free agency, he really had, he really wanted to compare what he got, uh, you know, from Vegas or perhaps a few other teams. I mean, and he did, he get a presentation from the Leafs on, on the opening of free agency and then compare it to what St. Louis could do. And so that didn't happen. And and listen, I get both sides of that. I get why it made sense for Alex Petrangelo to want to play it this way. I also get why Doug Armstrong wasn't going to sit down forever and miss his chance to replace him, right? So yeah, for sure. So you get both sides of it, and and um, and, and it played out the way it did. But again, I, I think it's important to note that part of it because I think some people feel, oh, well, he was going to Vegas all along. I I just don't think that's true. I think he wanted to visit them and hear from them. And know about them, but I also felt St. Louis, if they were still open to it, would have been uh, real for him to, to resign. Well, it goes back to your point, right? Like if you have that communication period before the start of free agency, you're able to accomplish that without sort of boxing one or the other mm-hmm. into a corner, right? I mean, maybe Doug Armstrong, you know, whatever. I mean, maybe Doug Armstrong approaches it differently if they have that communication before. But you're right. Doug Armstrong, I, I, I listen, I give him all kinds of credit. He's like, Tory Krug, all right. Like, I, I just, I love what he brings to that team now. And I love the decisiveness of it because you're right. What if Tory Krug ends up signing for, just for instance, let's say he signs in Toronto. Petrangelo goes to Vegas. Now you're the Blues and you're like, geez, I wish, you know, what, where are we at now? And it's because you can't. 
you don't want to miss out, like you said. So well, and and so again, I know I'm I'm on a bit of a mission now with the UFA speaking period, but but here's why. But here's why I'm going to bring this up. Steven Stamkos in late June 2016 wisely with Newport Sports they used the rules of the UFA speaking period and as you remember they set up actual presentations in the Newport offices in Mississauga Ontario Stephen yep. Stamkos hears from the Buffalo Sabres hears from the Toronto Maple Leafs hears from the Montreal Canadiens hears from and at the time that this was the secret part but it came out later hears from the San Jose Sharks um, I think the Leafs were the last one you heard from, and Steven Stamkos cut it off there. Detroit was supposed to come in and present the next day. But Stamkos, something reached in his heart as he was hearing these terrific presentations, and he goes, oh my God, I don't want to leave Tampa. So call Steve Eisman, or Newport calls Steve Eisman, I forget how the story goes, but before they had even gone through all the presentations that were scheduled for the UFA speaking period, Tells Tampa he's resigning and he resigns on June 29th, 48 hours before the opening of free agency. So I guess this is what I'm saying, and, and I don't know if this would have affected the Alex Petrangelo situation or not. But had there been a UFA speaking period and Petrangelo gets his presentations from Toronto and Vegas and maybe Florida and who and maybe a few other teams. But it's still in June. It's not July 1st, or i.e. It's, it's before October 9th. You know, maybe he is still a blue today because he would have gone through that process and then realized, you know what, I don't want to leave. And of course, by then, Doug Armstrong would not have had the ability to replace him yet because all this would have transpired before the start of free agency, which is what happened with Tampa. In other words, if there wasn't a UFA speaking period and Steven Stamkos would have gone the market on July 1st, 2016, to be able to talk to all these teams. I don't know if there's still a spot for him in Tampa at that point, because maybe Steve Eisman does exactly what Doug Armstrong does and went out and replaced them by then. So it's just, I think there's something here that the PA and the league have to think long and hard about how they want this to play out. Cause it, I think it had a huge impact here. All right. So we know that at the end of the day, Alex Petrangelo does go to Vegas, Nate Schmidt traded to Vancouver, Love that move for the Canucks, by the way. Paul Stastny returns to Winnipeg. Love that move for the Winnipeg Jets. Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't go anywhere. He st- he stays with Robin Leonard in Vegas. For now, I, I guess. For now. And I want, like in, when you look at that Vegas team, do you like them any more or any less than when, when they get done playing in the Western Conference Final against Dallas? Yeah, there's a lot to chew on there. I mean, listen, you get a guy like Alex Petrangelo. That's just that's the kind of game changer on the back end that almost never goes to free agency. That is huge, yep. and that's the hockey part. Yep. But I guess what I, I no one can know for sure is is the emotional impact that all of these moves have had in Vegas. Like you know, this was such a tight knit team in its first year, and then they're chasing it. You know, Bill Foley, man. I mean, you want your owner to want to win as much as Bill Foley. Like, he just wants to win so badly. And I think he, you know, wanted Mark Stone. And I, then he wanted Alex Petrangelo. And, and this is, you know, reminds me a bit of, you know, the Red Wings pre in the pre-cap days uh, with the late Mr. Illich. And, you know, let's go get it, right? Let's, let's just yep. keep adding. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's maybe you shouldn't have done that. But so I, I guess... 
you know, I'm wondering about the team dynamic there, right? I mean, Nate Schmidt was an incredibly popular player in that room from all accounts. You know, he was the guy organizing team dinners. And 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 we know how popular Marc-Andre Fleury is and how difficult it's been for him to live with what's happened, um, you know, with, with essentially losing his starting job to Robin Leonard. Um. And, you know, I can't figure out, quite frankly, when when GM Kelly McCrimmon announced the other night on the media call that now they're keeping Marc-Andre Fleury with the injury to, to Robin Leonard. You know, I, I know a lot of people might say, oh, well, uh, well, I guess Fleury's happy with that. I don't know. Do you think? <laughs> I mean, by now, don't you think he had kind of made up his mind knowing that there had been trade discussions for the past month involving him that he was kind of checked out? I don't know. So... There's a lot to chew on here. Like, I think on paper, you add Alex Petrangelo, you're automatically better. Like, it's just no argument there. Yeah, for sure. But how this team comes together now after some of these changes will, will still be interesting. And at the end of the day, this the, they're competitors, and and I think they're going to want to find a way to, you know, to, to contend and, and do what's right. But, you know, it'd be hard to lose friends and lose a guy like Nate Schmidt in that room, I think. What's it? And to me, the interesting part of it was when you watch that team and it's, you know, so well built and so much talent. And I just, you know, like they have it all, like there was a reason that a lot of us loved that team to win a Stanley cup in return to play. And they just never quite got to that gear, right? They couldn't match. It really got pushed in a way that they probably shouldn't have been pushed by Vancouver. And then, you know, against a Dallas team that was riding a backup goaltender, it was the stars who found a way, right? It was the stars who elevated and got those critical performances at critical times. And it's it, it's going to be interesting, I think, okay, how, you know, how does Pete DeBoer, you know, get this team, you're right, like, okay, let's get, let's get onto the track that we should be on and maybe the shock of losing in that conference final and, and all, and all of the turmoil or whatever in the off season will galvanize them. And, and I'm with you, Alex Petrangelo is a special player. And I think he brings an element that they needed in that locker room, but man, it's going to be fascinating to, to see how that unfolds once we do get back to hockey. So, all right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this edition of two man advantage, but do not go away because you won't want to miss what happens next. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I sort of teased the uh, tail end of this podcast, but I, I, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about. I, 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 what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the door open to you. It's, so much stuff has happened. We touched briefly on Montreal, mm-hmm. the changes there, uh, all kinds of changes in Florida with Billy Zito as the new GM there. Um, Patrick well, well, we should coming touch, back. Uh, yeah, we should touch yeah. on the big story that developed uh, yesterday. I don't know. What, what was yesterday? Tuesday? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I quoted uh, Jerry Johansson, the agent for Brendan Gallagher, uh, saying that uh, talks had uh, broken off with the Montreal Canadiens on an extension, which was like dropping a grenade in uh, 
in a market I know well in Montreal. <laughs> um, and as time would have it, Mark Bergevin, the GM, had to do a media call a few hours later because of the Tyler Tavoli signing from the previous day. So he, he was he was met with a barrage of Brendan Gallagher questions. I thought Mark Bergevin handled it really well, actually. I mean, on the one hand, he doesn't comment on contract negotiations. He never ha- has. But he pre- if you read Arpin's uh, story, Arpin Basu, on all this today, really well written, Arpin's great at decoding some of Bergevin's quote, and, and and basically there's one quote that talks about having to make sacrifices if you want to stick around. And so, yeah, it's it's you know there's there's probably an argument to be made for what Jerry Johansson believes Brendan Gallagher's worth and an extension. A especially because he's been underpaid all this time, right? One of the great bargains in the NHL is Gallagher's current deal. And B, you look at some of the contracts like Chris Kreider and a few others that were signed over the past year, and and there's some comparables there. But you know, a lot of that was pre-COVID, and and you know, the Habs now with some of the deals that they've made, in particular signing Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli, uh, Jeff Petrie, all to contracts, and of course Anderson and and, uh, and Toffoli are new, are new to the Habs. It's quite frankly, change the cap outlook moving forward after after next season for Montreal. It is what it is. So, you know, Philip Deneau is up in a year. Brendan Gallagher is up in a year. Yol Armia is up in a year. Thomas Tatar is up in a year. They're not all coming back. And those are going to come back, are going to come back on less than what they currently want. And again, I'm not taking any sides in this. I'm just t- telling you how plain it is. <laughs> so... Um, you know, losing Gallagher would be really hard. That, I mean, we just talked about in many ways what Nate Schmidt meant emotionally to that Vegas team. Well, that's Brandon Gallagher on the Habs. I mean, he's he's the a heart and soul player who scores 30 goals a year by maximizing every ounce of skill that he has. I mean, he's Mr. Hustle. And to picture a Montreal Canadiens team without him in a year is, is difficult to comprehend. But at the same time, I just don't think the Habs can, you know, give him six to seven million a year or whatever. They're, I don't know what they're asking for exactly, but you know what I mean? Like it's, they're, you know, I hope that the emotion dies down from this. And clearly, Jared Johansson um, and Brandon Gallagher are, were upset yesterday with how talks have, have gone. And, and frankly, I would be too. But at some point uh, over the next few months, I do hope that. The two sides can can find a, a place where it works because I think he's one of those players you want to see continue his career where he started. I had to tell you one of my favorite moments of of return to play playoffs this summer and this fall is Brendan Gallagher with a fractured jaw or whatever the injury was still sitting on the end of that bench chirping the Flyers even though even though he would he would require surgery or whatever mm-hmm. you know the the injury they had but he could not. He didn't stop, right? I mean, it must have been pretty good adrenaline rush. But I'm with you, and and Montreal is such a fascinating team. We touched on it early on in in this conversation. But of all the teams that, you know, returned as part of the 24 and meandered their way through to to, uh, watching Tampa win a Stanley Cup, um, I'm not sure there was a team that uh, accelerated their process and maybe changed their outlook more dramatically than the Montreal Canadiens. You mentioned the changes that they've made since um, the end of the playoffs. So Josh Anderson, his acquisition, and then the monster extension there. Tyler Toffoli, one of the top 
well, I would say three or four mm-hmm. um, offensive wingers on the UFA market. He's a Canadian now. Uh, you look at all those kids that were so impressive in the, in the playoff run for the Habs. And yeah, uh, it was it, it's it got, been a really good offseason, yeah. I think, for the Habs because you know yeah. you get Jake Allen comes in and fortifies what have really been a white unicorn for the last three four years in Montreal, not having a, a you know good good backup goaltending behind Carey Price. I mean that. It happened so long ago that you almost forget. But, I mean, Carey Price, Jake Allen as a combo is as good as there is in the NHL. It's only going to be for a year because Allen's deal is going to be up and they won't be able to afford him. But for a compressed schedule, if indeed we're going to get through next year, uh, that was a really important move. Uh, Joel Edmondson, I like him a lot as a player. Yes. Big boy. Yeah. Physical. And, boy, you look at that Habs blue line, you see what's going on there with it. Sherratt, who was a monster last year, Weber, uh, now Edmondson. There's a lot of physicality there. Jeff Petrie's a terrific player. Yeah. Um, you know, this is going to come down when we look at this offseason in three years about the Montreal Canadiens, and, and this is going to have to be our diagnosis. Was Josh Anderson the right move? And I think it's it's already a polarizing question because I think there are people around the league who can't believe that the Habs gave him that contract. Um, given his injuries. Um, and there are others that I've talked to who said, oh my God, I tried so hard to trade for that guy. Because it's hard to find power forwards in today's NHL. They're just so rare. It's a rare commodity. And so it's going to come down to if this guy stays healthy and and is that player of two years ago that had 27 goals and terrorized the league in Columbus and fought all the big boys, Right. Um, then the Habs are going to love this guy. But if if the injuries continue and and he never comes close to matching those twenty seven goals, then then it's then it's a failure. Pretty simple. There's no in between. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be one of those gray areas. I, I think you'll know within the next couple of years where Josh Anderson is. Personally, I think it's worth the gamble again because of how rare a skill set he has in today's game. And I can tell you, Yarmo Kekalin in Columbus had several teams in on him. Like the interest was through the roof for him once Columbus put him on the market. Yeah. Seven years, $38.5 million. And here's the question. And I'm, I agree in, entirely with what you've said. I, I, my concern, that's not even concerned. What, I don't have a dog in the face, but I'm curious to see, especially for a player like Josh Anderson, who's coming off an injury. Um, what is that pressure going to be like? And let's assuming he's, you know, 100% healthy and he gets back and he's he's ready to resume that arc we saw two years ago that made him so desirable. Playing in Montreal is a different place. We know that for a fact. And the pressure of this contract now is going to be enormous. And I think that's not everyone. We've mm-hmm. seen lots of players who get who have the big payday and it's now they are judged every day against that contract. That's the reality. And in that marketplace, it's going to be the reality times 10. And and I, I'm with you. I, I think it has the potential just to be an absolute home run. And I think this Canadiens team, their offseason puts them right in the mix. And you're like, okay, why not the Habs? But man, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, and just to, to, to wrap it up on them, it, it, I think Mark Bergman had no choice but to try and, 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 Put this team on another level in this offseason. What I mean is, you know, a number of years ago he announced the reset, and it was about developing guys, like drafting and developing 
you know, drafting Kakanyemi, trading for a young Suzuki, all these things were important because, you know, the, the, the previous plan had hit a wall, right? And so they did that. And then, you know, they've taken some strides, although they had a, a you know, a lackluster regular season, then return the play gives them new life. I mean, it's really interesting how return the play maybe impact Montreal more than a lot of other teams. And after upsetting the Penguins and giving the Flyers all they could handle, there was the sense of, hey, Carey Price stood on his head. Jeff Petrie looked amazing again. Shea Weber was good. We need to reward these veterans with the fact that Suzuki and Kakanyemi look like they've arrived. We need to try and win now. Otherwise, what's the point of having Shea Weber and Carey Price still on your team? I'm, I'm just, I'm, gonna, I'm being blunt about it. But so... This is about marrying the gap here between the reset and still having these guys under contract who are part of, you know, core of your team. And that's why Jeff Petrie, Jeff Petrie does not sign an extension with the Montreal Canadiens if he thinks that the reset's going for another three years. Okay. He he saw what happened in this return to play and was like, oh, okay, we're, we're almost there. Um, and I'm not saying he's right or wrong. I'm just telling you that's, I know that was part of his thinking. So then I think Mark Bergman doubled down and said, well, if Petrie's willing to bet on us and, and, you know, then I need to give them more pieces. And that's why you saw, you know, Allen, Edmondson, Anderson, and Toffoli. Is it going to be enough? I mean, can this team generally make a run next year in the playoffs? I can't. I mean, I, I still think they're a bit short, but they certainly have more depth now and talent than they did a year ago. There's no question. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Before we do... I'm not. It's not going to be quite the last word for you, but I, I want. Is there a player? Because we talked about the big guys, right? We talked about Petrangelo and Taylor Hall and Josh Anderson, who wasn't a UFA, of course. But we talked about the sort of the bigger names. Is there a player who has signed who you were like, oh, 
I think that's going to be that's really interesting or that is I'm going to make a note of that because that is something that might be under the radar now but come next season man that's going to be that's going to be an important addition to this team is there is there a player like that who you, who you Yeah I mean I feel Wayne Simmons um you know mm-hmm. uh who signed for you know one and a half million and uh, basically betting on himself you know the He's had a couple of tough years and, and people wonder if he can still bring it. And, you know, he turned down more money in Montreal to join his hometown team in Toronto. And um, I, I just think that he has a chance to really open some eyes next year. I'm not saying back to his eye-popping offensive years, but certainly making the kind of difference uh, in a third-line role where you're going to say, wow, the Leafs were right about that. They did their homework. I think I think Wayne Simmons will be that player. I'm with you. And in case you were wondering, who am I? There, I had two I was going to mention. I was, was going to ma- mention Jesper, Jesper Fast in Carolina, and not just because I was there. And, well, you, but know, you, I, you have Stockholm Syndrome now after writing that terrific <laughs> behind-the-scenes piece with the Hurricanes. Everything you're going to say is about Carolina for the next year, so I know that about you. I see this is why I wanted to avoid it. I wanted you to plug the piece, which you have done. Thank you. Really good piece. <laughs> Anyone yeah. listening who hasn't read it yet should go read Scotty's piece. It's, <laughs> it's rare to, to be embedded. Uh, of course, you're embedded with the Team USA selection process for the Olympics a number of years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, that was, we'll get. Uh, anyway, we'll, we, that's a topic for another day. I'd, I'd be happy to go through that. Um, but I, I do like Jesper Fast because he. To me, he's a Rod Brindamore guy. And what's interesting, of course, he was like five years in a row in New York with the Rangers, was the player's player. Guys loved him there. He can do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And that Carolina roster is built like that, right? I mean, yeah, they got yeah, he fits high, well. high-end talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. He's always but a guy think- that, uh, and we'll see what happens now with Carolina, he's always a guy that I feel that that should score more because of yep. he, puts himself in, he puts himself in good position. He's such a smart and, and quick player but it is what it is sometimes you're just not that guy right uh yeah. but i still think in that lineup to your point there's such a fast team that i think he fits in like a glove yeah uh, but the guy i'm really uh, see, I, self-serving you plug me i'm happy now but the guy i'm really fascinated by is tyson berry signing the one year 3.75 mm-hmm. million dollar deal for the edmonton Oilers. did not and we, we, you know, this is sort of, I'm not comparing the two, but we talk about Josh Anderson. What's it going to be like in Montreal for him? Listen, I I, I love that deal when Tyson Berry came to Toronto as a part of the Nazem Kadri deal with Colorado. I really thought it was going to be a perfect fit. It, and it was, it was a disaster it, really. pretty much. Yeah. It was not. Yeah. But it's funny. No but, one thought it would be at the time. Like I laughed and people said, oh, no. that was never going to work. Yeah. Okay. Where were you that day when they made the trade? I mean, <laughs> something, you don't know until you try it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but I and I remember like I talked to the scout who saw a lot of Tyson Berry out in the West when he was in Colorado and just and just loves his tenacity, feels he's a better defensive player than he gets credit for, and of course we know the offensive side, and it just it was you're right it wasn't it was it was a train wreck in Toronto, mm. but in on one year in Edmonton, on that power play and and just I. I'm wondering if he's going to be able to get back into that sort of groove and obviously betting on himself and who knows what happens, you know, a la Taylor Hall next summer. But I, I love that for Edmonton. I just love that fit yeah. there. And I think that's a great spot for Tyson Berry to, to get back into, you know, you know what, top 10 defensemen in the NHL or top 10 offensive defensemen. I, yeah, there I was a lot of logic there, which I'm happy to have seen because he, he got offered more money elsewhere, including, I think, $5 million from... Um, from Vancouver, 
But of course, in Vancouver, he's not quarterbacking the first unit uh, power play, yeah. right? It's Quinn Hughes. And he goes to Edmonton. He will quarterback the first power play unit, which he didn't always get the chance to do in Toronto because of Morgan Riley either. And in Edmonton, obviously with the big boys, he's got a chance to really uh, rebuild his brand, I think. And um, I, I think it was a very smart decision for him to go there for one year um, and forego perhaps, you know, the extra million or two. Um because at, at the end of the day, he may recoup that quite easily with his next deal. Yeah. All right. This just, has been a ton of fun. Yeah, what? just a final word, a little tease. Uh, our yeah. colleague James uh, Myrtle, yeah. our colleague James Myrtle on Tuesday wrote uh, a piece about the potential fit with Joe Thornton and the Leafs. And, and uh, yes, it, it is quite interesting uh having made a few calls here over the last 24 hours the Leafs have approached Joe Thornton uh which is not the first time you may remember us talking about this in 2017 when, when they signed Patrick Marlowe they actually tried to sign both Marlowe and Thornton uh but what's interesting is at the time that was Lula Morello and Mike Babcock trying to sign Joe Thornton uh and now it's Kyle Dubas and, and Sheldon Keefe um and so we'll see where it goes um you know, the last time I talked to Joe Thornton was uh, on Friday morning, the start of free agency, where he said he wasn't in any hurry to figure out what was going to happen other than he felt strongly he would play in the NHL next year, and he left it at that. Um, in the meantime, um, I think he's going to play some Swiss League hockey over the next little while, um, perhaps as early as next weekend is what I was told. So, But in any case, it would be interesting... Um, to see how Joe Thornton responds ultimately to the Leafs overtures because, uh, again, it's the second time the Leafs have done this and this time under a different regime. <laughs> um, and, of course, his parents, you know, from St. Thomas, Ontario, I think his parents would just love it, right, at the end of his career. So who knows? It may not happen, but it's, it's certainly, it was a noteworthy story from, from James and uh, something I certainly followed up on. So we'll see where it goes. Look at you living, giving a little tease here. So who knows? Maybe next week, we'll, maybe we'll be talking about Joe Thornton coming home to Ontario. Or, or, so or going back to San Jose. Fight. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> All right. Um, we got lots of other podcast info that you should take advantage of this week. Alex Petrangelo, who we talked about here, says goodbye to Blues fans on an all-new We Went Blues with Jeremy Rutherford this week at The Athletic. Cam Talbot, newest or one of the newest members of the Minnesota Wild, is Mike Russo's guest on Straight from the Source this week at The Athletic. And Bill Armstrong, we sort of made fun of the Arizona Coyotes earlier, but uh, Bill Armstrong, general manager of the Arizona Coyotes, spends the full 60 with Craig Custance this week at The Athletic. I'm already lobbying to go to Arizona for training camp. Just uh, thought I'd put that out there. Of course you are. Of course you are. Uh, Yes, of course I am. And uh, let's talk the Leafs. You mentioned uh, uh, James Myrtle, Jonas Siegel have a new Leaf report. Uh, busy offseason for the Leafs. And so you should check that out at The Athletic. And you should check out our comments section for each podcast episode at The Athletic app. And rate and subscribe to Two Man Advantage on Apple. If you aren't a subscriber to The Athletic, subscribe now and save go to theathletic.com slash two-man advantage and you can receive an all-access subscription for just one dollar a month and i did want to leave i I wanted to mention the cowboys um pierre of course you know disappointing um with the injury to dak but i i i I raise it only because 
Yes, I raise it only because, as you know, for for many years now, it's always good to have a redhead on your team. Yeah, right? Andy Dalton that, to the rescue. Yeah, there you go. See, it's always good to get a plug in for the gingers uh, on the podcast. <laughs> I think. All right, brother. All right, my friend. Good good work, my friend. Right on, right on. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.